And welcome on in to the Check Your Brain podcast. Wherever you are listening to this, whether it's uh, Patreon or uh, free podcast, anything like that. Hi, everybody. It's Tony Mazur with you. And uh, yeah, patreon.com slash Tony Mazur for five bucks a month for more podcasts, usually about four podcasts a week. I'm only going to do three this week. Uh, not in the mood. Not in the mood to do a lot of podcasting. Not in the mood to do a lot of talking. Um, but I appreciate you folks for subscribing and being a part of this uh, this madness that I usually do. And this is going to be a lot different episode. If you've listened to my podcast in the past, we've, uh, you know, my Mondays, Tuesdays, usually I recap the craziness of the news weekend and uh, whatever's going on in, the, in in politics, social issues, maybe sports, talk some football, whatever, uh, old time baseball teams and everything or talk comedy or tell radio radio stories a lot of that is what i do on this podcast uh not this not today not today today's not the day um over the weekend we lost our cat woody as uh let me go back to the share screen here uh and go to that i'm doing this kind of on the fly here that's my instagram if you follow me on there uh woody's the gray cat here as i've been going through there's a little bow tie it's a little christmas collar Laying on my wife, laying with my wife, laying on Harpo. That's my other cat, Harpo. And uh, yeah, that was when he was a kitten. And uh, yeah, he uh, passed away over the weekend. And it hasn't been a lot of fun around here, to be honest, um, especially before Christmas. I mean, it's not like there's a good time to lose a pet, especially a pet that's only two and a half years old. It's one thing if you're dealing with an animal that's elderly that's 15 20 even over 10 and you know they're showing signs of slowing down they have cancer they have uh neurological issues that you've had to deal with over time but when you have a cat that's two and a half and uh he's a very special cat he's very special to us and uh I'll, I'll tell you why throughout the podcast so i'll talk about a little bit about him but about kind of about losing an animal and what that means in general throughout this podcast. So uh, apologize for my quivering voice. You're probably going to hear a little bit of that throughout the podcast too. Um, but I'm going to just share some pictures and tell some stories and uh, kind of it's, uh, there's not going to be a closure. Like, you know, we can adopt another cat, but it doesn't really mean that he's, you know, he's not going to leave our lives here. So uh for folks who've watched my podcast, uh, the ones I've done with Chad, um, actually, uh, let me show a picture for anybody who's actually wa watched the podcast in the past here. And pull this up here. Yeah, here's a picture of Woody right here. So if you follow uh, Mondays with Mazer with myself and comedian Chad Zumach, um, usually during the uh, during the winter or during the summertime, because uh, I my wife and I live in a two bedroom apartment. And we don't have a lot of space where we record things like we don't have our own office or don't have my own studio in the basement and soundproof and everything. So it's like, you know what? We don't get a lot of really nice days in Ohio. So I may as well take this on the road, meaning I take it out onto our patio. So this is uh, this is Harpo that's in the background. But we've had Woody uh, that would frequently show up and he'd be in straddling the uh, railing because we're on we're on a second floor apartment and he's walking around and. Um, he would always be in the background or he'd always try to make some kind of appearance or step on my laptop as he usually would. Um, so, uh, yeah, here's a picture of him when he was a little kitten, him trying to be a little model. It's like, what are you doing? You little heartbreaker. <laughs> he, uh, he was a very special cat to us. And, uh, <clears throat> he was, um, so I've had two cats in the past and my wife's had two cats and hers, they, found over time it was a it was a mother and daughter and mine was i i had a cat from a previous relationship that we adopted when she was three months old and then harpo when he was three months old so we didn't go through the process of you know the the vaccination period and all that like what in the in the feeding and the genital stimulation and everything as as a little kitten and we didn't have to deal with a lot of that because, you know, it's already taken care of is Harpo had already been fixed and Penny Lane had already been fixed. So it's like, okay. And then, you know, you go through your bi-yearly checkups and making sure everything's okay. 
Well, we didn't know what to expect out of this cat, and he didn't have a name yet. Um, and mainly because we knew in our apartment complex there's a cat colony of feral cats, and they were in the garage, and we had seen them, and we still see them to this day, except they've all been they snuck out and they've been fixed in the middle of the night. Um, and we knew that uh, there was a, a group of kittens that had been recently born. And one day back in 2020, I was at work, I was at my radio job and doing morning radio, I usually would come home and take a little nap and then wake up and either go to the gym or try try to be productive throughout the day. And if you recall, this is May of 2020, so we're still kind of in a lockdown period. And I come home. Now, I had to go into the office every day, didn't miss a day. And I think I was throwing out something. I don't know. I was probably a can of Red Bull or something in our dumpster. And over by the garage, there was this little mouse-like creature. And I didn't know what it was. Like, what? what is this? What? Like, And I looked, and it looked dead, completely dead, not moving, nothing. And I had known this colony had just had kittens. And I'm like, oh, I think this is it. This is one of the dead ones. So uh, I, there was a... Um, a post from maybe a railing or something along along those lines. It was leaning against a garage and I started kind of tapping the ground around it to see if it would be like, whoa, like kind of shaken up from maybe it's asleep. And it did not move, did not move at all. So I came upstairs. My wife was working second shift. And uh, so she was just kind of waking up by the time I was getting home. And I had this frown on my face. She's like, what's wrong? And I said, I think, you know, the cat colony, I think they had a, I think I saw a dead cat, a little dead kitten. She's like, oh, and took a nap. And I went for a run because the gyms were still closed during the whole COVID stuff. And I went by there and I saw it was still there, but it was moving and it was just like slowly wriggling and didn't know what to make of it. And I'm like, that is, that really is a cat. And it's, it's trying to meow, but it's not saying anything. Like there's no, there's, you can't hear anything. It's just, so I'm thinking maybe they misplaced this cat. I don't know. I've never seen a cat this small. So I pick this thing up, which is less than the size of the palm of my hand. And we kind of gathered, it was about two to three days old. So we brought it back in the garage and put it down with the other cats. And the mama cat kind of looked at me like, what are you doing? There's a reason we put that out there. That's the runt of the litter. We want nothing to do with that cat. So my wife and I kind of looked at each other. We're like, should we take this in to see what we can do? We didn't know if this thing was going to survive the night. So this picture, if you're watching, by the way, I'm putting this out for free. And it's on YouTube and it's on Patreon. So uh, this will be free if you want to watch. I encourage if you want to look at some of the photos and I'll kind of break them down. But I'll also talk about them if you're not listening on uh, if you're not watching, if you're only listening. Uh, so this picture right here is Woody uh, before we named him because we didn't know if he was going to survive the night. He doesn't doesn't have eyes yet. His ears are just these little tiny flaps. He has no teeth yet. And he is so tiny. I mean, so small. His little white tuft of hair there in the, on his chest. And uh, here's a little video of what that sounded like. Hi, sweet thing. <laughs> You're chatty. And he was he was chatty at that time. And, and the thing is, we didn't know anything about what goes. Like Again, I, I've had two cats. They were three months old. They've already been fixed. Everything was taken care of. Uh, I don't know how to take care of a cat that was born like two or three days ago. So I'm like, what do I do? So I call my aunt who's a vet tech. She gives me a little advice. Uh, I talked to somebody else who's a veterinarian. And uh, then I called our pet hospital, like anything what I can do to make sure that this cat is, is okay. Because we didn't realize the meowing now is because it's freezing cold. These cats need to be like in Amazonian temperatures of warmth. And so... You know, we, we had to do everything on the fly. Plus, my wife is working. She's working second shift. She just started. It's like after three o'clock. And so she's balancing out trying to work from home and having a newborn kitten in the house. And kudos to her. I mean, she she did saints work during the first couple of months. So I went out to PetSmart and I went and got a little bottle and a little syringe thing and uh, 
figuring out, oh, this is what you need to do. So it can't pee and poop on its own. You have to stimulate it in order to do so. And they have to be fed every couple of hours. And then they need basically 22 hours of sleep. And they need to be in not only a place to sleep, but somewhere warm. So we had a hot water bottle, a towel. And anytime Woody would start to chirp, okay, it sounds like he's uh, he needs his water bottle warmed up. And then we may as well feed him and then stimulate him. And then he goes back to bed for a couple more hours. And uh, yeah, he so we were able to get through that. So for the first couple of days, uh, we're like, you know, we never know. We're afraid. We're kind of afraid of waking up and finding out he's not going to be with us. And we'll look and say, look, we tried. We did everything we could. Um, so as time went on, he was starting to have his eyes pop out. So we see some eyes there. His ears are still kind of in there. And he was he was really cute. His little pink nose and his his toe beans and and then there's harpo harpo was uh not really happy at first that somebody was treading into his territory because harpo was supposed to be the baby of the family so then woody starts getting older and we go like okay his name is definitely woody he's looking more like a cat instead of a gerbil as i said here or hamster i should say and you're starting to see like oh he's forming into place look what he's becoming then you started seeing him become a cat you go, oh, okay, I get it. So this cat that we did not think was going to survive the night or the week, we didn't want to name it, started blossoming and becoming a very independent and truly a fun cat. So there's his little toe beans before we were going on our honeymoon. Then you were starting to see, here he is, he's starting to cuddle with Harpo, which is really cute. But they didn't cuddle much. Found out boy cats don't really cuddle much. Um, and then you're like, okay, now he's becoming a little rambunctious. And there he is climbing the screen of, <laughs> of the, uh, looking out onto our balcony and he decides, so we, we never really had an opportunity to use the screen door because he would just use that as his little scratching post. We've had, we have scratching posts. I have a cat tree. I have a little cactus or cacti, uh, scratching post, never used it, used everything else in the house, the couch. The couple of chairs we have, um, like the office chair that we use when my wife works and I do podcasts on and all this other stuff. He's using everything in the house, but the thing I bought for him to scratch. That's what he would do. So I had to take a photo of that and then I had to say, get down, get down. We're not going to get our security deposit back when we leave. <laughs> there he is uh, going for a workout, putting his paws through the through the uh, uh, through the barbell. I'll play this video. Woody. Woody. Why are you licking the hairspray out of my hair? So that was a thing that he would do. And, I, and I've had a cat do it. Now, Harpo didn't do this, but my previous cat, Penny Lane, did and would decide to lick the hairspray out of my hair. But not just lick the hairspray, just lick my hair. And this was a thing from when he was, because he's still pretty young here. It's about the same period of time. So this is like, was this fall of 2020? So he's still a kitten, but you definitely see him growing up and growing into who he would end up becoming. He, uh, we had a ritual almost every time. Like he loved jumping on my shoulders. And so when I would get home from work, I, I can be gone for a week on a vacation, or I can go down to the mailbox get the mail in a package. And he would do the same thing. I would say probably 29 times out of 30 that I would come in the door and he would be waiting near the door about to jump on my shoulders and lick my hair. Now, why does he lick my hair? Well, I think it's a form of dominance as a cat. He's trying to be alpha cat here, but also he's saying I'm hungry. So he would wake me up in the middle of the night and start licking my hair. And that was his way of saying, hey, daddy, wake me up. I'm hungry. So that was going on. Um, so yeah, that's 2020. Then we head into 21. Um, actually, this is right around Christmas. There's Harpo and there's Woody asleep. They weren't cooperating when they were trying to be the Yule kittens. It's a little guy. His ears finally grew into his ears, or his ears grew into him, I should say. Then we get to April of uh, 21, and here he is in the bag. I didn't order this on DoorDash, but he decided to jump in the bag. We always called him the trash kitten because we found him near the trash. 
And he would always, if we had a plastic bag from Walmart or from the grocery store, he would decide he wanted to lay on the plastic bag. Why? What are you doing? But so it's like he's always our trash kitten. Well, around this time, because we didn't think there was going to be any issue, we didn't get him fixed. And there were a couple of reasons we didn't get him fixed. One, it didn't seem like it was giving him any issues. But two was he had been diagnosed when he was a little kitten, when he was like three or four months old, of having a heart murmur. And we were afraid that if we took him to get uh, anesthesia when he gets his uh, when he gets his little testes taken off, that he may not wake up from it. And there's there had always been concerns about that. So the day uh, my wife Leah took him over to get him fixed, she was afraid that you know that could be that could be the end. And he came out of it. He was wearing his little cone. <laughs> he was not happy with this cone for like a week or two. And we would. Uh, we would t- let him take the cone off for like a second so he can kind of just shake it off. And then he would go right back to licking where his, <laughs> his privates used to be. And we're like, all right, no, the cone's got to go back on. He did not like it. He was really drugged up the one day. It was a really funny photo. Um, but yeah, no, he, uh, as he got older, here was, here he was on his one, uh, when he turned one years old. So he went from being this cat over here. Oh, <laughs> there's the, <laughs> the picture of the cone. Look at that face. Uh, I can't tell if he's angry with us uh, over what happened or he is so stoned right now that he, he doesn't even know. He doesn't even know he's a cat. <laughs> he's got this scowl on his face. Um, yeah, there he is with Harpo. This is, yeah, his, his first birthday. Yeah, this is uh, really cute. And then, yeah, where he's a his little baby, his little baby belly. Oh, this was a traumatic day of trying to get him fed. And he really, oh, that was not, not fun. Not fun. This is Leah trying to feed him with the spoon. And it was just going all over his face, everywhere but his mouth. And then like, like two weeks later, he learned how to eat hard food. And that was it. And then he wouldn't stop eating until the day he died. And there he is, his little, his little Bernie Sanders hair here. (laughs) Tiny little boy. He was at our wedding. Not a lot of people can say they were at our wedding in 2020, but Woody can. There he is getting bottle fed in one of his uh, – this may have been day one, I believe, day one or day two of him getting fed because he doesn't even – still his ears are those little flaps, and he's got his uh, squinty eyes, his Gilbert Gottfried eyes. <laughs> but, yeah, that was uh, – this was him on year one. There he is, his uh, first birthday, May 23rd of 2021. and then. Uh, here he is uh, helping me do my podcast. This was almost a year ago now. And uh, yeah, this is uh, where we were. I was doing, I think I was doing the football show with uh, Chad and Ken, my microphone that I have currently right now and with the same sticker on it. And yeah, Woody helping me out with the podcast or he just wanted to sit on my laptop. And uh, here he is again. This is his two-year birthday, I believe. Yeah, so there he is as the little little baby in his little beady eyes. and. Uh, yeah, that's two years right there. And uh, unfortunately, like I mentioned, he had had this heart murmur. And uh, he uh, it, it never stopped him from doing anything. Like, I mean, again, I, I, I don't know what a heart murmur, like how it could truly affect somebody. But it was one of those cases of we would take him to the animal clinic. They said he has a heart murmur. So we were really concerned the first time. Then the next time they said, his heart murmur had gone down a little bit. And we're like, okay, that sounds good. Then the, like, I think the third time it was, they, it was almost undetectable. So we're thinking he grew out of it. That's great. It's like, you know, he's, he's starting to get to that point. He's going to be a normal cat. Everything's going to be fine. Then the next time they said, he still has the heart murmur and it's up here. So it, it had always been a concern, but it was also not a concern in that he was still doing business as usual. He was still jumping on the doors. He was still waking us up in the middle of the night. He was still running around and terrorizing Harpo and everything like that. And he showed absolutely zero signs of slowing down until what happened last week, uh, just the other day. And uh, um, last time I saw Woody uh, was uh, Friday, and I was going to my my job. I was working overnights. And I went to, I was leaving for work around four, about 4.45. And I said bye to him, not thinking that that was going to be the last time I would say bye to him. And 
went to work and uh my wife was uh she had gotten done with work and then met some friends out that night and she got home around midnight and i'm still at work I, i've got a few more hours of work I, I still have to do and she calls me a little after midnight and she is bawling her eyes out uh, is hysterical i can barely hear what she's saying now i'm thinking it's cleveland ohio the weather started, we're starting to get some bad weather out there. It's snowing. I'm thinking she got into a car accident. I'm thinking uh, either a drunk driver or somebody clipped her on the highway. She had a guardrail and I'm like, Oh geez, what, what am I going to do here? And she calls me, but no, she's already home. And what I basically made out was that she, I heard something about Harpo and I'm like, are you what Harpo's dead? She's like, no, I think Woody's dead. And apparently he had, um, it, it, she got home. Everything was fine. She, Woody greeted her at the door and Harpo was there and everything like that. And it was in the other room. And I guess he had made some kind of yelping noise and was like backing up like he was going to puke. And he just was over near his food bowl and just that was it. Just, I guess, collapsed and went down. And um, he uh, he uh, yeah, just basically that was it. That was it for for Woody, and uh, she didn't know what to do. She called she called the animal clinic that we have nearby, and he, uh, uh, they, they obviously they did everything they could, but uh, basically what we've gathered is that the heart murmur just caught up to him that he had had a heart attack that this was basically bound to happen. Um, uh, no, there we go. But I'm still sharing the screen, so yeah, some of these photos that I shared at the beginning. This was on valentine's day sent my wife flowers and he decided it, uh there were his flowers <laughs> and here he is laying on my coat this was last week uh these these two may have been the last pictures i took of him i think this was the last this was wednesday i took and i was just about to do the football podcast or or maybe my podcast and uh yeah he sat in the chair the chair that he'd always scratched completely it's like almost threadbare at this point um, yeah, that was basically one of the last photos. Here he is showing his belly and, uh, yeah, cuddling with Harpo and his little bow tie and everything. So, um, yeah, now it's, and it really, it hasn't been very fun around here. And to be honest, um, there's not a lot that's making me, <laughs> making us smile, making us happy, figuring out ways to cope. Uh, I mean, he's basically my co-host for this podcast because he's right here. That's Woody. I'm going to put him on my shoulder right now. Woody, get off my shoulder. Woody, Woody, get off my shoulder, please. <laughs> get down. I'll feed you in a second. And then uh, uh, shout out to the uh, animal clinic over in Copley. They they cremated Woody and put a little paw print for us for a little ornament or decoration. And uh, yeah, that's uh, that's it. He's gone. And it's uh, it's been very lonely around here because it's really it's, it's odd because my wife and I lived here. Actually, we did met we, we'd found Woody before we got married. So we were engaged at the time and we were living here in a little over a year, about a year and three months and a uh, year and two months. And uh, it's weird that it feels boring around here. And I don't want to say boring, but Woody would always kind of brighten the room and uh he would always be the guy that or he'd always be the cat that would come over and show his belly off and uh, rub on her legs and rub on her faces and uh, beg for food. Or he would try to climb the Christmas tree and knock over ornaments or try to drink the uh, the water at the bottom of the Christmas tree. <laughs> or he would jump on cabinets and he would just basically he was a completely undisciplined cat. But you can't really discipline. How do you discipline a cat? Are you going to spank a cat? No, you're not going to do that. It's just like, this is who he is. It's probably that breed of being one of those gray cats that they just go all over the place. But I got to say though, you know, in that time, since I've had Harpo now since 2016, Harpo has been amazing with us. I mean, he has really, really helped us grieve. Harpo was, Harpo was Woody. I used to, I had a previous relationship with a, at a puggle. And the puggle, I, I, which was a cool puggle. I liked the puggle better than the girl. <laughs> um, but the puggle was there. And bringing the cat in, in Harpo, when he was like three months old, he made Ella, the, the puggle, young again, it seemed. 
and he was running all over the place. He's a little tabby. And when, uh, so it was kind of the same situation where now Harpo's like the puggle. And now you have this little baby in here and I'm thinking Harpo's just going to just smack him silly and everything's, you know, it's like, Oh, Harpo's going to show who's really boss around here. Nope. Not only did Woody show that he was the boss of Harpo, he was the boss of us. <laughs> he proved to us that he's like, no, 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 this is my household. I don't care how young I am. I don't care how much older you are, how much, I don't care that you pay the rent and I don't care whatever happens. This is my place now. And boy, did he show that all the way up until the very end. So yeah, he was uh, two and a half years. And, uh, and But Harpo, even during this whole process where he kind of, had to be the, you know, while, while the baby's being crazy, Harpo's the straight man. He's like the, he was like the, it was like Dean Martin and Jerry Lewis is that somebody had to be the straight man here. And it was Harpo, but Harpo has been fantastic during this. He is uh, comforted Leah. He's comforted me. He's uh, been very purry. He's been uh, um, making, making what they saw. He's been kneading He's making the biscuits is what we say in the cat community. And uh, Woody used to do that a lot. Harpo would do it a little bit, but it almost seems like even though even though Woody's in this box right now, Harpo, I think part of Woody's soul went into Harpo because he's doing things that Woody did. And I don't know if he's learned that or if it's because Woody is truly here with us. And uh, it's a uh, it's you know it's it, it's a tough time around here, especially around the holidays, especially when we have we actually do have a stocking for the cat. And we had presents coming in for the cat. Um, and now we have one fewer cat. Um, and it's rough. And it's rough around the holidays to lose anybody. Um, and I know it, there might be people listening to this right now going like, okay, it's a cat. You're not talking about a dead child. You're not talking about SIDS. You're not talking about childhood leukemia. And I'm like, no. And, and I'm not trivial, trivializing that at all. Uh, first of all, for anybody curious, uh, we yes we are we would like to have an actual child we have to make do with what we have which are which were cats um we're we're working on it let's just say just leave it at that um but uh you know he he meant a lot because again it's it's not so much that we found him at a shelter had him for 14 years and then he started to get sick he's throwing up and you take you know it's like like it's time to take him for one last car ride and you know have him put down put him out of his misery he never really had misery until the very end like we did he didn't know all he knew was this apartment complex he didn't know anything else he this is all he knew was at, at this place and it uh it's a shame because we are planning on leaving this apartment complex in the next couple of months and i would have loved to have seen him flourish in a bigger house with sta actual stairs he didn't know what stairs were <laughs> He actually, one time he did get out when he was a kitten and my wife had to go like track him down because he was, he jutted out and went down the steps, but he didn't know what steps were. So he just tumbled down the steps. And uh, so he had never experienced what steps were. And I thought it would have been nice if we found some place that had two floors and he would just be able to run all over the place and have his little zoomies. And uh, yeah, it just unfortunately didn't happen. And it's uh, it's it's a rough time. And, you know, for anybody who I, I don't want to say there's a criticism, because I think people, a lot of people are very understanding and they they treat animals differently. Like some people treat animals as animals like, hey, I got a dog. You get it. You know, you get attached to the dog. You play fetch everything. And then it passes away. It's sad for the family. And then maybe you get another dog and you just repeat this cycle a couple of times until it's like, all right, I'm at the age I can't get a puppy anymore. I got to get an older dog to get me through these years. Um, and same with cats. I think cats are, are a little bit different, but it's one thing, again, if you went to the shelter and adopted a cat that's already been vetted. It's another when you raised it almost like a baby that it did not have a mother. We were its mother. And I say that because he looked at me because I was usually the one who fed, fed him and took care of the litter and took care of a lot of stuff for him. Like it's just as far as the food goes. Um, but my wife was the one who fed him when he was a baby. Like he never had a, a mother, a nurturing mother other than us. And so this is all he knew. And it just it, it's also another thing to think about with his mother that if he was abandoned as a baby, you kind of have to look in terms of 
nature and um with him being the runt of the litter the mother knew he wasn't going to last that long it's like you almost look into like i know nowadays in society we like to ignore nature but uh there has to be some kind of maternal instinct where a mother cat said that this cat's not going to live very long. And I would rather put it out of its misery when it doesn't know, as opposed to getting attached and having it get older and then having it cut down before it's prime. Now we didn't know that. I know. So what we had to, we had to make do with what we, what we had. And, and truthfully, my wife who had had two cats before did not want to deal with another cat. This was a complete, like, this was a shock when we found this cat. Like, we loved cats. We loved having Harpo. But she didn't want to go through the misery of what she had to deal with with her cats. And this is, and, and Chad and I were actually talking about this off the air yesterday. She, he told me, he's like, I had two dogs that we had to put down. He's like, that's why, as I've gotten older and traveling and doing comedy and doing all this, that I couldn't have a dog. Because I didn't want to go through that process for the third time of putting a dog down. And he's like, and he's like, I'm also not mature enough to have an animal. And I'm like, yeah, okay. But um, that's kind of one of the reasons a lot of people do shy away from having animals is they don't want to deal with the fact that you're probably going to have a decade and a half at best with this animal. And then you're going to have to go through this process again. But the way I look at it with Woody is that even though he was only here with us for two and a half years, it was... He was he was placed here. He was placed here for us and somebody had to take care of him because and even though he was only here with us less than three years, I mean, he's really the covid kitty He's the pandemic kitty. <laughs> um, <clears throat> that. We gave him the best life that we could give him and and we're doing that with Harpo, too, but like for somebody like Woody that he could have been eaten by some animal, a hawk could have come down Um you know, God only knows what could have happened to him that day if I didn't go back out there. If I didn't go out there the first time, much less the second time when I actually did see him moving around, I wouldn't be doing this podcast right now. You know, who knows? It's a, it's that whole butterfly effect. Who knows what could have happened if I didn't do that? Who knows what could have happened if I didn't book certain comedians on podcasts? But, uh, you know... <laughs> You know, you can't look at things that way. You can't look at things with regret. Like, would you, would I regret picking up Woody knowing that it, with the knowledge that I have now, if I could go back and look and see that cat and say, I can get this cat. It's not going to die tonight, but it will die in less than three years. Would you take that chance? If you knew that this thing that's going to bring you immense joy in the next couple of years, but it's only going to live that long. Would you take that chance? And I would. I do it every day, three times on Sunday. Pardon the cliche. Um, he brought us a lot of joy. And, uh, you know, we're going through our coping mechanisms. Been to, uh, I've, been to the, I've been to the animal shelter down the street twice already. Does it mean I really want to adopt a cat right now? Or do I want the feeling of being around a couple of cats? Because Harpo is Harpo's getting kind of needy. He's getting a little bored, to be uh, to be honest. He's like, Daddy, why don't you play with me? Why don't you play with me? I'm like, you haven't wanted to play in years. Because <laughs> you've had a you've had a brother, you've had a playmate. So uh, you know, we're we're going through our coping mechanisms and uh and getting through this. Luckily, I'm I'm not working this week. It also kind of sucks because I'm trying to do stand-up. I'm like I'm going out tonight um, i'm recording this on tuesday uh it's going out for free wednesday um because we're doing our shows next week at the funny stop and i gotta i gotta get back into practicing and it's terrible because like i am in no mood to do comedy right now i am in no mood to be funny or to say anything funny or be around funny but i think i'm a true believer that comedy and tragedy are two sides of the same mask it's kind of like, you know, that with the happy and sad mask from, you know, the old stage days. I kind of feel that it's one of those cases of when you're in this emotional state, it's probably for the best that you'll you'll dig into it. And it's not just for comedy, because I now I'm somebody that I cope with comedy. I, I remember when my grandma passed away back in 2013. 
So true, true story. I actually told this to my dad. My grandma was 78 years old. She was in failing health by the 77, actually. And she was in failing health. Like it just got to the point where everything just started shutting down. It was like her body was shutting the lights off. And um, eventually she had passed away. It was January 21st of 2013. And I remember because that was the day of Barack Obama's second inauguration. And I remembered saying to my dad, we were in the hospital and I said, you know, she had to go today, right? Because she just could not stand another four years of Barack Obama as president. You know, it, look, it, it's uh, it's gallows humor, but it's a way that I cope. Not everybody feels that way. A lot of people, they want to mourn. They want to take it in in uh, a, a lot of uh, different, you know, different avenues. Um, earlier this year, I had my other grandma die. And my emotion at that time was not humor, it was anger. Because I was angry that I really did not get to see her the last couple of years based on everything that was going on with COVID and stuff. Um, I saw her twice. She was Thankfully, she was at my wedding, just like Woody. Woody was at my wedding, and so, were, so was my grandma. Um, and then I, we saw her again uh, right after Thanksgiving last year, and then she passed away back in February. And this year for me has just been a couple of ups, mostly downs. and. It's how you respond to tragedy, I believe, that makes you, that builds the character of who you are and makes who you are. Um, we started off the year. I had gotten a promotion at my radio station where I was working. I was a program director. And my dad, actually, at his job, ended up getting a promotion. And I remember him calling me, just talking about this. These are the good times. And I said, Yes, they're good times right now, and you take them and you enjoy them when you can, but don't get too high because there's going to be something that's going to cut you out at your ankles, and then you're going to get too low. So you got to almost kind of, it's it's not pessimism, it's realism. It's to feel that you need to keep grounded as opposed to just getting, just having too many waves, because that's where I think a lot of depression starts really creeping up on people is that you the highs get too high and the lows get too low. So I get promoted at my radio station, and then, what, two, three weeks later, my grandma dies. So it's just like, wow. So I had all this going for me, and this happens. So here's a negative. Then you try to build up a couple of positives. Then I, I have a burst appendix. I have to get that removed. The next week, I have kidney stones. Two, three days later after the kidney stones, I get fired from my job. So now I'm on medication. I can't do anything. I can't go to the gym. I can't drink. I can't eat fast food. I can't do any of that kind of stuff. I have to sit and stew on the couch, wondering what I'm going to do. But the biggest thing I thought of at the time, as opposed to drowning my sorrows or getting like a really good run or a good lift in, is that I have to take this low as, you know, I have to take it in stride. I can't get too depressed about it. And yes, there was a time this summer I did get really depressed, but I was also very happy for my wife. She won an Emmy this summer, and that was a nice high. Then, you know, just the other kind of things that just start to go up and down. I ended up getting a job where I'm at. Well, you know, I got to go to New York. I was on a couple of podcasts, gained some new followers and friends, um, you know, uh, networking. It was really cool. Then I get this job where I'm at. I'm making more money. I'm I'm doing a lot more and having the flexibility to do more podcasting. And everything seemed to be going in a great direction heading towards Christmas. And then Woody dies. And so my whole thing is, and I think this is like this with a lot of people, is just managing your emotions properly. How do you do this? How do you get through these times, especially a time like Christmas, where you do think of the people that you've lost? You know, this is another Christmas. My wife doesn't have her father. This is my first Christmas without my grandma. Um, this is our Christmas without Woody. So what do you do where it's not going to ruin Christmas? Now, it's it's trending in a direction where it's not, it's not going to be a happy Christmas. But what do you do to make sure that you're not going to get to a point where now every time Christmas comes around, you're going to be just reminded of the negatives and that you don't want to celebrate it? And then it gets to those first, the first birthday, the first Christmas, the first Thanksgiving, the first this, this, and this. And it, and it can eat you up. 
But I think what it is, is when you are dealing with your emotions, it's how you respond to adversity. It's how you respond to those tragedies in your life. And if you find a way to cope with them the best way you can, um, and and also not repress it, by the way, I'm not saying that these situations, you shouldn't cry, that you need to just focus on something else, um, that you need to give yourself a little bit of time to reflect on what happened. I think I did that after I got let go from my job earlier this year, was that I didn't give myself the time to let things settle down, think about my actions, think about what my next move or couple of moves are. I moved on to getting another job almost immediately because I wanted to be a provider for my family. I wanted to be somebody that would continue to have a consistent paycheck and probably was not the best move, but you don't know when these things are going to happen. You don't know how to respond until they do happen. So dealing with this is a, it's, it's a rough time right now. We all find our our ways of coping. Like I said, I've been to the animal shelter a couple of times. My wife is in the other room watching step by step. <laughs> Apparently that's on HBO max. Uh, I, I don't know who was clamoring for these shows from the nineties, but apparently they're all making their comebacks. Um, and they're also doing podcasts about them. I mean, look, I know I don't probably don't have the most, in, you know, interesting podcasts for everybody, but they're, they're doing podcasts with like boy meets world and all these other nineties shows. Great. Are they going to do one about homeboys from outer space? Let's do a recap. Let's do a recap of every episode of the Chevy Chase talk show <laughs> or the Magic Hour with Magic Johnson. So, uh, uh, yeah, I'm just, uh, you know, we're getting through it as, as best as we can or worse. I, yeah, I don't know. I, I, I don't know how we're responding differently than other people. I know there's grieving phone numbers and zooms and classes people can go through where when their cats have crossed the rainbow bridge um you know we're but we're, we're managing and I, I figure i wanted to do a podcast talking about what he meant to me what he meant to us and our family and um and what pets are i mean what are pets why do we have pets like do we do we have them like we did in the prehistoric days of having a saber-toothed tiger like we think it's the flintstones <laughs> like are, are, are we like why do we have a pet do we use them because we're using them as prey or like predators to catch prey like are we having a bloodhound we're taking them on like a coon hound and taking them out to the woods and bringing home like a rabbit or something to cook you know we as time has gone on we've domesticated our pets um and they become our companions. They become our, our really good friends. They give you that unconditional love. And that's what was so interesting about Woody was cats, usually you have to earn their respect. Woody was a dog. Woody would show his belly and let you rub his belly. Normal cats, if they roll over and they show their belly, it's a trap. It's, it's absolutely, here, you want to see my belly? Oops, I'm going to bite you and scratch you now. Because <laughs> that's, that's what, even though they're playing, that that's what it is. Woody would play fetch. He would show his belly off. He would uh, he would essentially just be a dog. He was just a dog in a cat costume. <laughs> he was like a chihuahua, I guess. And that's what made him so unique, so special to us. And if you're a family who has pets and you get them for the kids, um, you know, over time you start to really appreciate what they do for you and what they do for the family. And I think a lot of people may not, maybe if you're busy with work and you have kids and you're going to soccer practice and uh, violin lessons or ballet and schoolwork, this and this and this, um, that you kind of almost forget about the impact, they, the, the positive impact they have on the family. And I remember as a kid, we got, uh, I had two dogs growing up. Well, th well, three, I guess, but two when I was growing up. One, one when I was a little kid was named a Sarge. It was a bulldog. And Sarge was, I think, was the was a pet left over from a, a, a cop friend of my dad's. And this cop used to beat the hell out of this dog. And the reason we knew that, not only that we, we clearly knew it had been abused, but my mom was unplugging a lamp one day and was taking the extension cord out of the, the, the socket. And the dog started cowering. And we're thinking that it had been whipped with an extension cord. And so obviously we didn't do it, but we didn't have the dog for a very long time when I was born because I think she was, I think it was like four or five when she had passed away. 
because uh, she had had cancer. We took her uh, to put her down. A couple of years later, we ended up getting a cocker spaniel named Niblet. Now, why Niblet? Well, she kept going into my brother's crayons and was eating the crayons. <laughs> and we were finding these multicolored piles in the lawn <laughs> in the backyard. So, boy, she's really nibbling on those crayons. Got it. That's a great name for a dog. Niblet. And she was a cocker spaniel that was one and a half at that point. And we got her in October of 1995. And she passed away at the uh, in September of 2011. We had this dog for 16 years. And, uh, and so it was close to 18 years old. But it was so funny how you get a dog for your kids, but the dog doesn't care that much about the kids. And I think cats are like that too. They look at kids as like, yeah, get out of here. I don't want to be around you. They looked up to the adults. And Niblet was like that for me for many years where it was like, okay, yeah, okay. He'll pet me. He'll play fetch, but I don't really care about you. I care about Then it was like, as soon as I turned 17, 18 years old, she looked up at me with her starting to get cloudy eyes from the cataracts going, oh, you're an adult now. I like you. So in her last like five years, we were best buddies, uh, even though she was deaf and blind and just barking because we ended up getting another puppy, a basset hound. Not saying you shouldn't get a basset hound, but we are not going to get another basset hound. They're too too cranky, too grumpy. Um, but it's interesting how we we get these animals for the kids, but it's really the parents who have to take care of it. But then as time goes on, you realize that when the, the animal's getting sick and it's getting to the point where it's like, we got to make a decision here, all the memories start to pop up. And one of the things I regret, I don't, I don't, I shouldn't say regret, um, because we didn't have the availability with cameras is that we didn't take enough photos of Niblet. My brother did. We would have disposable cameras, those Kodak or uh, Fuji film disposable cameras. And half the camera roll would just be the, of the dog. And we're like, what? Oh, another picture of the dog, an out of focus picture of the dog, a negative of the dog. And then you go, hey, by the way, where are those photos of the dog? Why don't we take enough of them? And we should have. So the one good thing, at least with Woody, is that even though he was around two and a half years, we have enough photos and video. I, I haven't even gotten to like a, a quarter of them, or, you know, uh, of the amount of photos and snaps and, um, you know, posts on Instagram stories of Woody over the past. He built up a little fan base on the podcast where people like Becky, Ashley, uh, Judy, everybody else, they were like, oh, hey, that's Woody. And he'd, he'd come into focus and everything. So um if I do a pod, actually Harpo just walked in. Harpo, come here. You want to say hi in the podcast? Come here, bud. Come here. Come here, say hi. Harpo's going to come over and say hi. Come here, bud. Say hi. No, I'm not taking you to the vet again. There he is. Oh, there, there's his butthole. Say hi, Harpo. There he is. You don't want to be held, do you? You want food. Do you miss your brother? Do you miss fighting with your brother, even though he annoyed you a lot? Good boy. Folks, as I wrap up the podcast, hug your pets. They mean the world to you. At least, and, and if they don't, they should. They're very special people. There's a reason you got them. Did you get them for the kids? Did you get them for you? And also treat them properly. Don't if you're a single guy or single woman, then you start dating someone. It's like, oh, I'm allergic to cats. Uh, sorry. If you're if the person you're seeing is allergic to cats, find another person. You can't don't do this. That's one thing I can't stand when I see a lot of these posts where people talk about, well, you know, I did have I did have an animal, but, uh, you know, we had to give it away because it's uh, my uh, my partner's allergic. Then get another partner who's not allergic. I'm sorry. It's. Uh, this isn't a this isn't a present that you you got for the holiday. This isn't an Instagram post. This isn't uh, something for for your Instagram clout. This is a commitment. This is a decade, decade and a half, maybe even two decade commitment. And even though Woody didn't make it two and a half, he only made it two and a half years. Didn't go the full decade and a half. He was our commitment. And make sure that the pets are your commitment. Don't don't take them for granted. So as you head towards the holidays. Um, you know, we're, we're now in an incomplete family. You know, we're complete in, in ways, but, uh, you know, we, we still have one cat, but we had two. So 
if you still have your animals right now, if you still have them, that they're they're healthy, make sure you get them their checkups, make sure you get their, uh, you know, you, you treat them properly, get them little treats as you head towards the holidays, um, treat them properly. There's a reason you got them. And, uh, you know, it's because uh, not everybody has the luxury of being able to because there's a lot of people that maybe they've lost their pets around this time, too, and they're trying to deal with it. I, I Going to the animal shelter, I talked to a couple of people who said, yeah, we've been here a couple of times already because we lost ours a week ago. We lost ours a month ago. We lost ours the other day. And they're trying to find ways of getting back into some semblance of normalcy. And it's a rough it's a tough time. It's a really tough time for us. It's a tough time for a lot of people. And if you have healthy pets or semi-healthy pets, pets, please hug them. Please care for them. Please give them treats. Please treat them the way they would like to be treated. Don't discipline them. I mean, okay, maybe if they puke on the floor, you go, okay, whatever. Or, or you know, they're they're not housebroker. They go, it's like I I, I get that. I totally, you know, you got to do you got to do something about it. But don't don't punish them. They're they're just pets. They're here for you to get through the trials and tribulations of this time. I mean, look, I mean, look what's happened in the last couple of years. How many people adopted pets during COVID because they were stuck at home? Now, I think the fact that they had to go back to the office that I was hearing about people sending them back saying like, yeah, now I'm going back to the office so I can't have this dog or cat. It's like, what's the matter with you? What's the matter with you? This is a commitment. You have made a commitment. If you go to the shelter, a humane society, you are making a commitment this isn't a thing just to get you over until the your boss says you got to go back to the office. It really bothered me. Make sure they're a priority of yours. Just have that, just continue that. Like just because my wife had to go back to the office after a year of Woody being around and you know he was figuring out what to do, we still made him our priority. We still make Harpo our priority. Um you know, it's uh, it's it's a tough time for us, but we'll get through this. We'll get through it and uh, we'll find a way we'll push on. And I and I appreciate all the kind words that I've seen from people on social media and Patreon. And um, I haven't been posting much. I haven't been talking much. There's really nothing interesting for me to say about anything in the world other than this. This has just kind of been one track mind for the last few days. But I had to get this podcast off my chest. Um, because there's, you know, it's just, it's just tough. It's a tough time. I, I, I really don't know what else to say, but, uh, <sighs> probably going to sprinkle some of Woody's ashes where I found him and send him off on, uh, he's off, uh, probably licking the hair of God or St. Peter, jumping on his shoulders, begging for food as he usually is. We'll see you sometime, Woody. I don't know how soon. Hopefully not too soon. We'll see you again. We'll never forget you. You won't be forgotten. Take care, everybody.